From the Mind of Aishehan comes a story that features one of our favorite topics, killer whales. But this time, it's not in movie form. So bury your loved ones and swallow their ashes because you're listening to a Kind of Garbage Podcast comic edition. This is a comic that I purchased. At, it was a comic show in Peterborough, right, Adam? Yeah, I think it, I think it was either Peterborough's for, first or second annual Peterborough Comic Book Convention or comic, not Comic Con, but whatever it was called. It was ran by David Wildstar. And I went with you and just kind of walked around. A. Shea Han had a booth set up, correct? Yeah, it was right. I think it was right beside Dan Collins, Peterborough comic book creator who did comics like The Beard, Tractor Lad, and then he also had, I think it was Little Aurora Man, if I remember correctly. And he, he's written some stuff in Archie and I believe Captain Canuck as well, or Canuck oh. Adventures. So as we were walking around, we walked past the, uh, his table and I saw the, he was selling issue one and two of Homeless G-Men. Which I he had a couple like loose copies on his table that I flipped through and I definitely dug the art style. So I thought, why not? I picked them both up and I I absolutely love both of these comics. I almost like I, I, I believe it is it only it's only two or three issues long. And I kind of never really thought about it after initially reading them because it was already like a discontinued miniseries from uh, or 2016. So. We were trying to, we had tried to do something where you were going to go through one of my comic book boxes, find a comic to talk about. Funny enough, uh, you picked out this one, which I definitely was thrilled to talk about. The comic's a 32-page color comic that consists of two different stories, both involving the title characters, the homeless G-Men. The first story is Jaw Bonin. And the second, which is about a killer whale. And then the second story is called Moonstomp, which is about werewolves. So I definitely thought it was funny that I had forced you to watch a Jaws knockoff movie called Orca. And I think the after watching previously a Jaws movie, like as episode one, which not too many people have heard. I keep making you watch these Jaws knockoff movies. I remember once we got to Orca, you were like, I can't buy a killer whale. Like, even though, yes, they're dangerous. But you're like, I just I can't buy a killer whale. Like, this is just too much. And I completely forgot the first issue and the first story in Homeless G-Men is about a, an escaped test killer whale that accidentally inhales the ashes of off the officer's name is Splash Wiseman. Oh, just that his name's fucking Splash. Splash. Well, his nick <laughs> his nickname's Splash. That's what his. Okay. That's what the the homeless G men call him. At the same time of this whale escaping, the homeless G men like rent a tugboat. They're going out to dump Splash's ashes in the Splash's ashes in the ocean <laughs> for a burial at sea. It's like an assortment of like mafia characters who are, I guess, uh, antagonists to the homeless G-men. They're also separately out on the ocean paying their respects to like one of their nemesis. I think that even as the bad guys is so noble that they're actually like paying the respects to Splash, who I guess they put a hit out on him. Like they got him killed and like, you know what? We liked him, but he was like, 
getting he was like what honing in on us like he was like literally like bugging these bad guys to the point where like we need to fucking kill him we like him but he needs to go and we feel bad about getting rid of him the comic is jumping between three storylines right now between researchers chasing a whale that has accidentally inhaled the ashes of officer wiseman the mafia that are in like a little boat or are they on the shore they're actually on the shore they're like on a beach of the ocean and they're about to throw a a wreath of flowers that says rest in peace into the ocean in (laughs) in respects for their nemesis and you have swinnerton boy scout and axelsior who make up the homeless g-men they're basically just sitting there drinking on a tugboat being like this one's for you splash as (laughs) things really kick off when uh the wreath hits the water and then a giant killer whale jumps up to like intercept it and then tackles the mafia and yells out you're under arrest (laughs) (laughs) and without missing the beat like the first thing the mafia says is but we killed you like they know (laughs) they know it's wiseman what so yeah wiseman inhales the ashes his soul is now in this killer whale somehow straight away they're like it's wiseman yeah (laughs) it makes no sense i love the story so much yes so he ends up knocking them all into the water and then he starts doing like killer whale stunts on top of them while yelling justice and the mafia starts swimming towards the homeless g-man boat and the ocean researchers are trying to chase the whale at the same time uh at this point only one mafia guy is left. He's just about to make it onto the boat when the whale jumps up and eats him and then does a majestic jump over the tugboat of his homeless G-Men partners and he yells out, Justice has been served, my friends. And w- <laughs> without missing a beat, the homeless G-Men look up and they go, that's Splash. <laughs> <laughs> From what I, what I remember at the beginning of the book, I'm pretty sure it has... um. It has a note that it was drawn and there was no story planned for it. And the story was ad lib. Yeah, it's 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 a great job. Like, it's a fun, ridiculous story. Yeah. So the first two stories in this issue, it said they started out. They're basically just a rough outline of like a concept of a story, which was he kind of wanted like a more like kind of a more ridiculous version of the A-Team. So like a, a a group of like, not even superheroes, but like a group of like problem solvers. But instead of it kind of being grounded, he wanted it like the ridiculousness dialed up a few notches just to really take it into like the fantasy realm. And I think it does a great job. Like the first story's insane. And then the second story, like really like keeps up the pace. It's you have Swinnerton and Boy Scout tracking down werewolves. <laughs> And then just getting into like a huge fist fight with werewolves. The, the werewolf fight's amazing. Like it's, it's like really over the top and gritty, but still fun. So in that story, Boy Scout, he's like, he must be superhuman because he's being eaten and he just like bursts out of werewolves. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because they don't explain any of Boy Scout's powers or like if he has powers, what type of like human he is. He's just getting like bit by werewolves and then burst like he gets i think gets swallowed by one and he just bursts out of it and it's insane mainly because there's no context of who he is or what he can do yeah so it's kind of explained swinnerton as like 
the the concept is is that they were police framed for a crime but instead of going on the run they just become like underground police so they're still acting like police but they're not answering to anyone boy scout's power i believe is that he's always prepared which, <laughs> which i thought like the gimmick would have been that like because he has like a a satchel and a canteen and some stuff with him i thought the gimmick was going to be that like he always had an item that would have been useful for the other homeless g-men like he's always prepared but instead they just make it so that like his power is that like he's an unkillable immortal <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really make sense the way that the comics drawing kind of re reminds me of um terror assaulter yeah i see that not yeah not in the sense of how wooden the characters are but just how i think this is the second book that's reminding me of terror assaulter just how ridiculous it is not as um actually it's more over the top than um accident man yeah but it's it's trying to be like accident man if you explain accident man it's very hard to understand that like it's very tongue-in-cheek. Like, if you say he's a hitman, and, you know, the uh, everyone's after him, and he's he's the best in the business, and he's caught up in, like, this uh, spy story, and, like, the he's got to rescue a girl, and the, the girl's, like, a, you know, like a femme fatale character and whatever. Like, it, it sounds like, okay, I've read this comic a million times, but, like, when you actually read it and see how it's delivered, you're like, this is this is ridiculous. Like, this is so over the top. And I find that Homeless G-Men's kind of the same way. Like, if you explain it as you have a group of former police officers who have kind of become self-styled superheroes going after crime, and here they are trying to arrest, like, a group of werewolves, it sounds ridiculous. But when you actually see how, like, the format of, like, uh the art is done like Swinnerton is like Swinnerton has a werewolf full on in a headlock and just like gives it the Steven Seagal neck snap like, like it's so ridiculous one of the things we didn't mention is right at the beginning of the book before we get into the two stories that's introducing all the characters and I want to say they're making onion rings I think but it makes it look like they're dismembering a body and chopping it up so they're yeah so in the back to the first story I believe the gimmick is is that they've reclaimed the body of their friend Splash and they have to dispose of his body so they're going to hack his body up and like bury it at sea and then you kind of have this like it doesn't show the body but it shows them each with like a hammer and everything and they're chopping stuff up and then the next panel goes towards like stuff being dropped in a deep fryer and it's them eating onion rings out of a basket as i was reading i'm thinking what are they doing and then yeah you see that's just onion rings you're like oh shit yeah <laughs> like it's so bizarre that I'm upset that when we were there, I didn't grab a copy of this from Aisha. Mm -hmm. I wish I did. And yeah, it, it only did run for the two issues, according to CanadianComicBooks.Fandom.com. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's I'm glad I got it. Like it's a. It reminds me of another comic I got. I can't even remember where I got it. I think I actually got it at a Comic Alley in Whippy. Did you say Whippy? Comic Alley's in Oshawa. Sorry, Comic Alley in Oshawa. I'm trying to remember. It was a comic called Evil, and it was about uh, a professional wrestling tournament where, like, these former wrestlers are going to, like, try to reclaim their glory, but then, like, demons have also entered the tournament, 
So there's like these Hulk Hogan knockoff characters, like actually wrestling like 20 foot tall demons. <laughs> it's very odd, but it, it, it re- reminded me of this where when I read it, I'm like, this is, it has a very cool art style. It's a very interesting story. And I definitely dug it. It's funny that you mentioned um, evil at Comic Alley, because when I was there last week, I definitely saw, I think it was issue three with the, the yellow cover and then the guy's head sideways, the one that you gave me that you had a double of. Yes. And I was just like, oh, do they have more of evil? No. No. It's it's getting hard to find that one, too. I can't, I'm trying to remember. I think his name's James Edward. I had talked to him over, I think it was Facebook or Twitter. I had messaged him over, and he didn't have any copies left for me to buy. I was trying to buy the last issue. Maybe I'll shoot him a message again and see if he ever did a reprint. But that's a that's another fun one we should do an issue. Uh, uh, we should do uh, an episode on. Yeah, I can't remember if you mentioned it during our last comic um, episode where he offered to send you a PDF and you're like, I want it physically. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm bad with that. Like if I if I want to, I don't know. I like I like actually having the, the physical copy. Me as well. Like between single floppy issues and trade paperbacks, I always flip flop. Like, oh, I, I want this in a trade. No, I want these single. And I'll even sometimes trade with friends. Be like, hey, I'll give you my singles for your trade. Some people like that more. But yeah, digitally, ugh, I could care less. Yeah, it, it was James Edward Clark. And it's from 2013. So it, it it's getting up there in age. It's I think it's sad that we can say like, oh, like this came out what, 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we look back, it's like, oh, it's a couple of years ago. It's like, no, it's like four years ago, about to be five years ago. Like, yeah. the time is flying. I think it's clear that I myself recommend this book. I had a lot of fun reading it. Hopefully, once the pandemic's over, which is never going to happen, we can have another Peterborough Comic Con. And if A. Shehan comes, we can definitely, like, I can grab these issues off him. And maybe even Beaver Dam, because I know that was the other book that he was selling there that oh, I didn't yeah. grab. Yeah, I, I wish I did. But yeah, I, I didn't at the time. And I'm a fucking idiot for not doing that. I, I definitely, I remember that now uh, when we were there, we were, you were looking for a copy of that book. So for the rankings, this is going to be my new number eight, just above Bad Mother, which, by the way, when last time I was at DMV, um, what's the publisher of Bad Mother again? Um, AWA Upshot. Well, it's AWA. I think Upshot's like a secondary label. But yeah, AWA. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I was at BMB on Bloor Street, they actually had a section for AWA trades. And I saw the trade for Bad Mother and everything. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's out. For myself, this is an easy one. Um, it's going to stay on my top 10 just like you. This one is going between The Death of Haggard West and Bad Mother. So this was going to be my new number seven. Nice. Once again, thank you everyone for joining us. We hope you tune in next episode, whether it be comic, TV, show, movie, no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. As always, you can find us online through our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram, both at a kind of garbage. You can also email us at a kind of garbage at gmail.com with any questions or comments you may have. Be sure to check us out at a kind of garbage.com where you can find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages, as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash a kind of garbage where you can get access to our private Discord channel and Patreon exclusive podcasts. Thank you again for joining us and be sure to tune in next time. All right, so like I said earlier, I got to go to Comic Alley Toys where I was dropping off a friend of mine some action figures 
I bought myself a sweet fucking transformer. Nobody can see it, but it's Optimal Optimus. I finally broke and bought it. Normally, I go there, I look in a certain adult box. I didn't this time, but I did find some rather, like, I guess, PG-14 comics. Uh, I think one was Poison, the other one is Panthe? Pantha? I fucking can't even pronounce this. It was just some rip-off Vampirella lady. Two of the two of the comic books that I'm most excited about is, well, I guess three. I bought um, Plan 9 from Outer Space 30 years later, which is 100% original material, and it's the authorized sequel to the worst movie ever made. Nice. Which we watched, and to this day, <laughs> I know you struggled with it. Yeah, and then I also got um, published by Now Comics, Universal Soldier, part one of three, based on the major motion picture, which I need to get two and three. Because as you know, comics based off movies, that's my bread and butter. That's my jam. I know you love it. Uh, I went to BMV in Toronto and I grabbed you a comic. I grabbed, uh, they have a glass, they have like a glass countertop at BMV in the corner where the register is. And they kind of have either underneath the counter or behind the counter, they have some kind of, they have some comics that are either like not suitable to go out on the floor or they're comics that have like special pricing. So they don't match up with like just the dollar bins or, or whatever. So I was, it was dead. So I thought, why not look for some books for Adam? So I (laughs) went up to the shopkeep and I said, may I please see that stack of uh, mature rated comics. And the guy brought them out. And one of the first ones that I saw was uh, a Milo book called The Snowman. And it was $9. And I didn't even flip through it. I just said, perfect, I'll buy it. I know Adam's a fan. And then I got it home and I texted you. And I had gotten you a Milo book before from there where I bought it for very cheap. And then it ended up being worth a little bit more on eBay. Mm-hmm. So I was excited that I got a $10 book for you because I was hoping that it was going to be worth like 40 or $50 at least. And I think you said you found it for like $15 plus shipping. So which is still fine. It's still fine. <laughs> it's not it's not the the great find I was kind of hoping it was. And then to add an in, insult to injury, I flipped through it when I got home and it isn't even a, an erotic book. They just saw Milo's name on it, on it, and they're like, "Oh no, there's gonna be fucking like tits and vaginas in this. We better not." Yeah, put this on which the floor. I thought, I actually thought was really funny that like someone just saw the giant Milo uh, <laughs> name on it, and they just went, "Yeah, don't put it out on the floor." <laughs> but we know what the boys are looking for. Yeah, but still, I you'll get a kick out of it, and I know you have a bit of a collection of some of his work, so I thought you you'd appreciate it at least. I, I can't wait to take a look. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's about it for me. I haven't really, I had a busy week, but I I managed to make time to make it out there. But I haven't been uh, comic book shopping in a long time. Yeah, we need to go to, well, not now to Toronto, but because it's getting way worse. Yeah, which is frustrating. I looked up, uh, what did I look up? I looked up BMV and then I looked and they were open as long as you had a mask and they were limiting the amount of people in the store. And I looked up uh, Beguiling, and Beguiling is still doing uh, no in-store shopping. Wow, that sucks. How am I supposed to go to their stuffy basement? Yeah, which is, sucks a bad. Like, I think Beguiling's one of the coolest comic shops around. 
I would say that they're amazing for browsing and just if, if you're going in with a plan like, look, I'm going to buy shit. I have no idea what I'm buying. I want to see what kind of stuff you have and you have stuff I'm going to buy without being allowed to actually look around at a place like the Guyland. That must hurt them so much. Yeah, but they have been doing like they were doing they were doing free delivery anywhere in Toronto if you bought books. Mm. And they were doing like, I think you could do like web shopping or even call in. You could call in and ask them. Uh, and they are one of the more knowledgeable, like, obviously other comic book shops are knowledgeable about comic books. But as far as their inventory goes, like, anytime I've gone into Beguiling and asked them questions, if they've had these books in stock, they like, they remember having them in stock. They remember them being sold out they remember if they got moved to a different area like they've always anytime i've ever like set a book they've always been super helpful like do uh, you remember when we used to go and the basement was closed yeah and i asked for i just said like would you guys have paul pope books in the basement and the guy was just like give me 20 minutes and the guy just went into the basement and brought back like three and i'm like that's yeah. that's really impressive that like a the guy knew he had them knew where they were and he actually had like the motivation to be like, instead of just telling this guy like, nah, man, he actually was like, yeah, I'll make a sale. I think that's the power of the modern pop shop where like they're invested in their actual store, not like a corporation where you have just a bunch of teenagers like being till jockeys, not giving a shit what you buy. They just want you in and out. This place cares. They want you to buy their stuff and come back over and over again. Yeah, for sure.